0: This is Leaders Who Scale, and I'm Jeff Siegel. I've worked with thousands of companies over the years, and I'm fascinated by seeing how many of them grow and scale. Join me as we learn from the leaders of growing companies and share that knowledge. Leaders Who Scale is sponsored by Siegel Solutions, providing world-class accounting, advisory, and QuickBooks and Acumatica cloud EIP services. Today's guest is a longtime transportation industry expert who grew up working in his family's trucking company. Actually, he's fifth generation to work in the industry. He's an east to west coast carrier and back. (laughs) Uh, The president and owner of Macmillan Transport. I wanna welcome Scott Law.
1: Thank you, Jeff. Uh, Pleasure to be here. Uh, Really looking forward to to sharing some insights today, if I can.
0: Yeah, no, this is awesome. I'm looking forward to hearing about it. about, about your you know your uh your the business how you're trying to grow it uh where you're at actually how you even got into it uh, obviously i think you said he, well we said you've been in it for your whole family's been in it for for years um so we can chat about that in a couple of minutes too Excellent, okay um, so i'd love to know what in this day and age what's happening in the world like what is the most challenging aspect of trying to grow your business
1: well, for trucking, uh, there are multiple. Uh, the, the, the first two that are the biggest are drivers, mm-hmm. number one. Uh, uh, retaining is not as tough as obtaining. Um, retaining is tough, but just finding new drivers is really hard these days, especially for my business, which is over the road, long haul. That's even harder. So uh, that's certainly um, issue number one um, or or hurdle number one. Hurdle number two is equipment. Uh, Equipment is just becoming extremely scarce and therefore extremely expensive. And parts are also becoming a major problem. So I recently had a truck that was shut down for a month and a half. Because it it was broken down and there was a part that just couldn't come in. And I ended up having to, another driver of mine went out on medical leave due to a hurt shoulder. I took the parts from that truck and shipped them to Oklahoma to the truck that was broken down. And then my truck sat for a month and a half until the new parts came in. It's it's certainly become an issue um, and then trailers as well. Um, I was going to buy two new trailers this year. That's my regular schedule. And they're just not available. Um, I So I've been able to order one to come in third or fourth quarter this year. And where they tipped the last trailer I bought was $33,000. They're saying this this one is going to be between fifty six dollars and $77,000. Wow. Yeah. So... There are certainly some significant challenges to trucking right
0: now. Yeah. The good news
1: is is that trucking is also paying very well right now, so we can offset a lot of that cost mm-hmm. with rates.
0: What is the, you mentioned tough to get drivers because it's over the road, which they 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 basically stay in the truck. Correct. In, yeah. All the way to the West Coast, if that's what you're doing. Um, yep. Exactly. Is there an is there like an average age group of these these drivers? Um,
1: Yes and no. I mean, the, the industry certainly, I, I don't remember, gosh, I go to these conferences where they give out these statistics and I don't remember what the average age is. Uh, and we learned that back in February, but it's pretty old still. And, and that's, a, that's an issue the trucking industry is having. We're, not, we're, we're struggling getting new drive, younger drivers in, um, particularly right out of high school Mm -hmm. Uh, or the trade school and so the industry is trying to do a lot to improve that uh, and it needs to be done. Um, I've been lucky I've been able to get a few the younger drivers uh, so so that's important Um,
0: it's a big piece. Yeah I mean I might I think I told you even before this call my son just got his um, license uh, CDL uh, class A but uh, he's in what he thinks is like one of these starter type companies that to take on new drivers. But I'm uh, just curious because a lot of companies won't take on somebody unless they've been driving for two years. So, Myself included. Yeah. I cannot.
1: My insurance company will not allow me to take or will not insure okay. a driver that has less than two years experience. So a huge barrier to entry for the younger, uh, younger age drivers. Yeah. So these large carriers who are self-insured can set up these programs. And they're oftentimes very good training programs. Some of my drivers had proven to me that they some, some of the uh, safety stuff that, and driving stuff that they learned came from some of these big carriers, which is really neat. <clears throat> the problem has come, in my estimation, when these drivers then graduate, they're not getting enough income from these large carriers to be able to stay in the business. So where it's a it's a great launching point, I see time and time again where these drivers will come out of these schools, try to stay with these large carriers, but they're not getting the miles or they're taking on a leased truck where they're responsible for the all costs of that truck. The truck breaks down and they can't afford to fix it. So it sits and then they are out of money yeah so um, it's I, I think the industry needs to improve on that, but thankfully, we do have these large carriers who are providing this schooling and our local in my state, the state of New Hampshire, there are schools here that are and that are trying to provide that training, uh, but I still can't hire them right out of the school because they don't have the two years experience,
0: yeah. Yeah, I wasn't sure what that two years was, but it does sound like, well, like you just mentioned, it's an insurance thing. And probably that's everybody, I, I'm sure there's only certain insurance companies that actually cover truckers and truck companies. So,
1: yeah. Yes, it, it's, and to a lesser extent, that's become a small issue. It's not really significant, but it is every year, it seems like there are less and less insurance carriers that want to be in this business. Yeah. Um, you know, they talked about these nuclear verdicts um, insurance verdicts and and they, they are true mm. so the, there's a statistic that I saw in a seminar that I attended uh, this this uh, last fall uh, spring that um, if a child is involved in an accident the cost is tenfold what it would be if it if there are no children involved mm. um, so it's these nuclear verdicts are not yeah not false they they really
0: are happening right what what' you think of that not to get off course here but what did you think about the driver who you know obviously his sentence got changed but he originally had like life in in prison that the accident there that he uh, caused that major uh, what, uh which one was that
1: the one in in uh, new york or new
0: hampshire no i think it was in new york he had you know he didn't use the runaway ramp and oh, yes Roll and right yeah, because you know unfortunately right
1: right and no, and, and yeah. that's yeah that that is an interesting one i'm not overly familiar with it but so i, I didn't even realize he got life
0: he yeah he got, young kid i think it was about 23 i think he got he got life but there was enough uproar about it that they did uh change his sentence but yeah <laughs> So.
1: Well, that's, uh, that's yeah. pretty scary and is going to be a black eye, obviously, on the trucking industry and a, a deterrent for young people to come into the industry.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so it's a very delicate balance. Mm-hmm. We are stewards of the road. Our, I tell my drivers, there is nothing more important in that truck. And I point right at them and I say, then you and the people around you. Uh, it is that critical. Uh, lives are at stake and we are deemed a safe, safety sensitive position a driver position yeah. and and there's a reason why and and that is a perfect example as um, as to why
0: yeah uh, it can be pretty scary So <clears throat> anyway, not to, uh, so to get back on topic so you you've been running this business when did, when you actually bought McMillan I uh, did California.
1: I worked for my family for 20 some odd years and then, uh, my brother took over the family business, and I decided I wanted to do my own thing. And I found a this long-haul trucking company that this uh, husband and wife had started in 1979, hauling mm-hmm. on beef from the Midwest to the West Coast. And uh, I really liked it. Small eight-truck companies that were not terribly huge. And I really liked what I could be able to do with this company, and that is to grow it, uh, Provide a family atmosphere that would attract drivers because I know when I when I bought it back ten years ago the industry was in a bit of transition mm-hmm. all of these older drivers aging out and not as many younger drivers so I knew that there was going to coming in so I knew that there was going to be a high demand for for trucking and and there certainly is uh, and I've been able to capture the the family atmosphere and that helps the drivers want to stay here. If they can call me in the middle of the night at home
0: they like that so nice so so you've been how many years did you say you've been had this now well since june of 2011 11 okay all right so a little over 10 years loving yeah that.
1: just a tad over 10 years.
0: yeah nice um so yeah. i know you're trying to grow it Did you talk about because uh, it's it's a small family-owned business, considered. Um, talk about kind of like the management team, or I guess, you know, I, I know it, it can't be that big. Maybe it's just you and a, another person, or you're trying to add. Just curious how that you how you manage the company, if you, especially if you're trying to grow.
1: Yeah, and and that's a big piece of trucking. Trucking is like the restaurant business, not a high profit margin business. It's it's a low, it's a small profit margin business. But if you run it right, you can do just fine with it. You can do very very well with it. So running lean is important. Uh, So we have a staff here of three, a dispatcher, an administrator, and myself. And um, at eight trucks, that's about the the minimal amount of trucks I want to have. Because in, in some ways, I'm almost overstaffed. In the winter, when it gets a little slow, my staff needs help with work to keep them busy. So knowing that, I, my, my analysis says I can get up to 12 trucks um, for the three-person office staff that I have, the dispatcher, myself, and the administrator. Uh, once we get above that, it would probably get to be a little too much, too many phone calls for dispatch, too, many, too much paperwork to process. And because we do a lot of cross-training, so when my drop, my dispatcher is out on lunch, my administrator can fill in when the phone call from the customer comes in and says, hey, I have a problem. And we want to be responsive all the time and not have the phone go, well, we're at lunch. Please leave a message. So that's why we do a lot of cross-training. So it, it, it's an important piece of providing that high-quality customer service, that highly reliable service that we do for mm-hmm. So yeah, we do it
0: with three people. Um, and, and, and that's certainly the, the right number for us. And, and as far as uh, your day-to-day, do you find yourself doing some of the dispatching and you know other type of work? Are you Where is that fine line between the working on versus in the business?
1: Um, well, a perfect example, just yeah. before this call, right? I'm getting ready to, to, to do our podcast here. And my administrator stepped out and my, my dispatcher is not here right now so I take the phone call to my most important customer there's a problem. like I have to deal with this right so I did and that's fine um, but uh, but that's just the way it goes some sometimes and uh, the beauty is when she came back I was able to communicate to her what's going on quickly she understood it I could back back off into my office for this podcast and, and she mm-hmm. you know,
0: are there certain as you as you try to grow you, the, uh, as you run your business? Are there certain metrics that you monitor and watch? Like I don't know, um revenue per truck or percentage oh, yeah. or we, years per yep, whatever we're, just we're, curious. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, revenue per truck, revenue per mile. Per mile. Uh, for, okay. for us, we're being a long haul trucker. Everything comes down to per mile. So really it's revenue per mile, cost per mile. Um, And then of course we break it down. Uh, Fuel mileage is really important for us. And that's a huge metric. Our our biggest expense by far is fuel. And then the next one right under that, about the same as labor. And then right that way drop down is the third and everything else. Fuel is just 70% more than anything else. So we have to watch that carefully. So we do have a lot of metrics for that. And of course, we have a KPI, Key Performance Indicator tracking system where we track everything from uh, driver and customer miles and load numbers and miles per gallon, uh, all kinds of statistics to let us know for customers, where is that customer's performance? Are they giving us more freight this week? us for freight this week. Uh, what's going on with them? And then the same with the drivers. Are the drivers performing to their standards uh, or not? And of course, I have bonuses for the drivers if they yeah. do. So,
0: I, I assume that's an industry-specific software, right? That you took? I, I haven't seen anything. In- no,
1: it's uh, it's uh, it's it's Microsoft Excel. Oh, okay, <laughs> so a little plug for Bill Gates there. Yeah. No. <laughs> we, we, it's... It's literally just a, and it's a huge Excel spreadsheet that, that I have set up. And yeah. uh, we do use QuickBooks and, and we can export some of it out. Sure. But, but a lot of it we can't. So because yeah. they do come from different uh, sources. The, the um, trucking industry moved to what's called electronic log books. Yeah. Uh, a, a few years now. Uh, so that we now have to have a tablet in every truck that electronically records the driver's drive time. Um, so we get some statistics from that, miles per gallon, uh, miles driven, et cetera. And those those can't be dumped out into the spreadsheet. You manually
0: can Yeah. Is that something you do or your administrator doesn't?
1: My administrator does it.
0: Yeah, okay. Uh, she, she
1: does a really good job and it makes a, a difference. It, as an owner, it's one of the greatest tools I use to have good information on a weekly basis to yeah. be able to make my decisions as far as working on the company versus in the company.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it sounds that sounds like a great system you have. Whether it's an Excel or with, where the where the data is coming from, because like you just said, you probably am able to make decisions even way ahead of time um, if you, as you're watching some trends. You know, that's, that's, that's
1: exactly it. Trends yeah. is everything. Uh, for me, uh, we we do that with the KPIs. Um, we do that with our uh, weekly payables, uh, eight, uh, accounts payables, our, our cash, yep. payables um, cash flow, uh, trucking, because it's not a high profit margin business, cash flow is very important. So we have to stay on top of that.
0: Yeah. I, are there... You know, you hear it like on commercials, these these trucking companies who are they pay by the mile, they pay by the load, or they do so many miles, they actually get bonuses. Is that just, is that tough to track all that stuff? You Not know, today. Uh, okay. Because of these
1: electronic logs, they, they provide a lot of benefits, uh, these mm-hmm. electronic logs do. And one of them is that information at our fingertips at any given time and in any given um, database style. Or analysis we can say show me this truck's miles per gallon for this date range uh boom show it to me now show it to me by the driver now show it to me for just the winter months because winter is Mm -hmm. harder for good fuel mileage because it's so cold um so so the i wish the industry had gone to the z logs years ago because they're they also allow us to do what's what is called coaching in the industry. So I know if my driver made a hard turn or had a hard braking scenario out in California. Boom, it happened, I get an email that tells me that. And we use these as coaching tools to say okay, driver A, you have here's your record of hard braking or hard turns or miles uh mpg for the last x number uh, of date range and and here's where we want it so we use it more of a coaching tool versus a discipline tool interesting and, and that's been effective uh we didn't we didn't come up with this ourselves uh going to trucking conferences the national truckload care association that's where i learned how to how to do that and it's been great huh.
0: yeah do you can you actually compare? It sounds like you can compare uh, two truck drivers that are doing roughly the same mileage and route, possibly, yeah. and see that the, the kid, there's probably differences in certain areas, right?
1: Oh yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, you can, you know, you can pull the same mile amount of miles. Now, it, it is interesting. So you will see. I used to know this. I used to, one driver would drive one truck for me, and this was before ELOS. And he'd get horrible fuel mileage and the truck would always be breaking down. I swap, I would swap, swap, excuse me, swap him out and put him in a different truck. Yeah. Problem solved. The maintenance problems go away and the fuel mileage is excellent. So bingo, that was the driver. But now we get that information much faster. And, and we can use it as a coaching scenario to say, hey driver A. You know, we want you to be within this fuel mile MPG range. You're not. We Here's how we want to get to there. And we use it as a coaching tool rather than a discipline. Hey, one more of these and you're gone kind of thing. Right. And it helps us retain drivers, uh, coaching versus discipline. Um, there obviously are times when it gets to that point, but at least we've done our due diligence and tried everything we can yeah. to keep that driver.
0: And I'm sure it's, it's um, the drivers see that as well. I mean, uh, with all the vehicles today, average miles per gallon, they, they probably have a lot of that information anyway. The, right. They're probably more conscious of it. And they're very
1: interested in it. And they, as you have alluded to, they're very interested in how do I match up to my peers? Yes. So that's a mo that's a big motivator that we try to use, but it's tough, uh, you know, you can't say okay driver you can't show names mm-hmm. you know, because right you know you, well hey that's not fair you're showing me in this bad light and i didn't i drove down to uh, la and it was super super hot that week so of course i ran the air conditioner you know so you have to be careful and and mm-hmm. and work it but yeah it can be a very valuable tool and in fact They have cameras now, these e-log companies are putting cameras in their trucks. Now we have dash cams that are not live. They sit there and they record on a SIM card
0: Mm -hmm. uh,
1: every time it fills up. But if our driver gets in an accident, we pull that SIM card and we have a of a a video of what's been looking at that windshield. But the, they're, these e-log companies are taking coaching another step further now and they're putting interior facing cameras into the trucks so that if a driver is driving, they, the camera will actually watch the eyes. If the driver looks down like this for too long, beep, 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 the driver will notify, the camera will notify the driver. Yeah. Which is pretty neat. Absolutely. Then if too many of those happen, there's your coaching moment there. Now I don't have those yet. The, The price hasn't come down quite enough to make it effective but um that's the, that's going to be our next step we have already started looking into those.
0: yeah that's i mean some some luxury cars have those features yeah looking at your watching your eyes yeah yeah
1: it, it it's it's i think the way of the future for sure yeah absolutely especially for insurance companies because they love them and and those these cameras we purchased and i put in my truck they're fantastic they have saved us Many many times.
0: Interesting. Who? Um, so your team is three people right now: you, the dispatcher, um, and I the person. Anything. And you were talking about. We were talking about you maybe uh, bringing on or uh, trying to find like a general manager. Right. It, yeah.
1: Exactly. in In the actuality, my dispatcher uh, had to resign due to health issues, and so. He is actually gone and I'm working in the him right now. So my I've also opened a property management company, another side company with my son. Okay. And my dispatcher was supposed to take over more of a general manager's role to help alleviate my um, workload from my trucking company. But he unfortunately got health issues. So I'm looking to hire a general manager now. So the beauty of this is I'm finding a, a lot better candidate as general in, in my search for general manager and versus my search for dispatcher. So, this is going to help me grow. And it was something, it was kind of an accidental offense type of a scenario, but it something told me don't just look for a dispatcher, look for somebody who's going to be able to bring more. Mm-hmm. And so, I'm really looking forward to that because everybody, I, all the general manager applicants that I've been interviewing. Have, are, have a great deal more opportunity for me to grow the company. I, I can see it right from the get-go. And I wish I had seen this before. Um, because I've always thought, eh, just bring in a dispatcher who you know, maybe was an old driver or you know, don't, and don't expect too much from a dispatcher. Well, I'm really glad that I've switched to look for a general manager because I can, I can see right now this is going to be my path to growth. Because every time I say to myself, ah, it's time to grow the company again. Here I go. Here, what's my business plan? Well, I never, I, I get too tied up working in the business and not on the business. And so this, I'm really excited about um, because as I said, I, I want to get, grow from eight to about 12 trucks, maybe 14. Yeah. And everybody I talked to, the general manager role has had experience in that. And i much more confident that they're going to bring me there than my old model of just hiring a dispatcher and thinking I was going to do it. Yeah.
0: You know, it's funny. I think we all like I'm a businessman as well. And a lot of people right. I talk to, we all get wrapped up in, in the business and sometimes we fail to hire people that may be smarter than us. Um, right. That's one thing. And yep. but once we, and I know even I've hired, hired pe- uh, people as well that are, Taking on a lot more of the role, um, roles that, the stuff that I do, I'm finding that okay now I'm seeing my own business in a different light. Like it's okay, I've got this filled, I've got that filled. Now you know how do I grow it? Right. Before that point, it's you know the business is growing organically and you know doing doing well. But if you you know really to scale, you got to bring right. those players. And exactly. It, it opens your mind up as well.
1: It does, and it's funny because initially. My, my hesitation to go from a dispatcher to a general manager mm-hmm. was the cost associated with that, with their salary, right? Yep. Well, I didn't do enough analysis at first to say, if I bring in this person, but he almost doubles my uh, income, mm-hmm. he'll more than pay for himself. So right. it's, uh, Andy's going to take the the... The day to day load off of my back so I can again do less work in the business and more work on the business. Mm-hmm. Because my next step in scaling my business will be maintenance. Um, right now, I uh, farm out my truck maintenance to um, a local company, mm-hmm. and I want to be able to purchase my own maintenance company or start my own maintenance company and start doing my my own maintenance and other maintenance. So, so that's another. uh, Another benefit to going to general manager for me is that I hope I can make that next jump up to uh, getting my own maintenance.
0: Yeah, well, you probably will. So don't just say you hope, right? So that's the plan, right? That's the plan. Exactly. It's not can I. It's how can I, right? Uh, Right. That's right. Yeah. So they say, um, no, no, that sounds great. Um, We're going through our own growth in our own business. And we brought in a um, an implementer to uh, implement EOS, entrepreneurial operating system. Oh, neat. Yeah, it's based on that book Traction. I'm not sure if you've heard of it or read it, but it's yeah. it it lays out kind of a lot of it's common sense, but you know they kind of lay it out in a system that makes sense. And if you follow it, um, I think it puts you so your mind you're in the mindset because I think it's a, it's a, the other thing is the mindset. Right. Bro. Uh, it's looking at the people looking at your process you know your core values there's there's a lot to it Mm -hmm. but when you start thinking that way and and operating that way you you you, you'll grow i mean i don't think you could fail uh, right right well and that and that's
1: that's the thing for me i've always been um successful when i would plan something out because really most things can be worked out in advance and the implementation is just a product or, or just a matter of going through the steps. Right. It's really the planning because I, what I find is when I'm in the planning mode, it, that's where I find out, okay, that's not going to work. I, I need to move this. So I'm being, re, uh, I'm being proactive versus reactive. Yeah. And, and if you're being proactive versus reactive, I think you're a success rate is
0: significantly higher. yeah and then the planning uh, you know i years ago i was in a session Some and someone said and i'm sure mul- multiple people have said this but you can't get there from here but you can get here from there
1: and <laughs> I
0: I all the figure it out it's was like okay that's right i gotta see the end right, I can, right. I can then move forward so that's right you know, um, yeah. i love that that's great yeah yeah so i i always remember that i think i was 20 years ago when I first heard that in some kind I of, I love those. Somewhere. Um, So curious on like the sales side. So I do you, is your business such that you have the same clients and you're just doing the, you know, contract for them like every day, week, however this thing works, or do you constantly bring in new clients?
1: Well, it, no, it's mostly re- repetitive work or, or repeat work for the same clients. Because for me, um, I'm kind of typically what in the industry it's called a contract carrier. Okay. Um, so typically, contract carriers, you commit X number of trucks, X number of drivers, X number of trailers, so resources, and they commit to X number of um, of loads uh, in a given time period. So. The, so they call it contract carriage, but we in today's day and age, nobody signs contracts anymore to actually do that. So it's all word of mouth. But that's where my business model is more dealing with uh, customers on a repeat basis. The same customers on a repeat basis. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I specialize in what I call dedicated uh, moves more than as much as I can. So, for instance, I. Um, my largest customer here in new hampshire is the world leader in translucent wall panels for large uh museums schools high end buildings i i commit to them minimum two trucks a week to bring their product to the west coast now i have to get i get empty on the west coast and i use to, i have to use freight brokers to get home but i i commit to them that i will get them home in time to take the next loads out so that I always have um, circulating trucks that that are available Mm -hmm. to them. And then I have another uh, local division that I call a a local division, where uh, I do only dedicated work. Um, It's repeat work every week. It's typically the same thing. I'm picking the, the, there's a beanbag company in the city I'm in, Nashville, New Hampshire. And I bring in the little beans for the bean bag. And every day I run a trailer out to Co-Host New York to get those beans and bring them back. And so, um, I, my regional operation is made up of that dedicated work, uh-huh. 80%. And my, my long haul is probably 90% uh, uh-huh. uh, dedicated. You know. it, it, th- th- there is the business out there called For Hire. And technically I do do the for hire work from the West coast back, but it's, I'm only out on the West coast because of my contract work. going
0: So is that, is that a challenge? Just uh, you you try to negotiate or figure out, okay, I'm bringing something out to the West coast. I got to come back. So can I take a load back as a for hire load? Is that what ends up happening? It is. That's exactly
1: it. So So I'm going out to the freight market board, which is out there. Um, It's freight brokers Mm -hmm. CH Robinson, um, Trinity Logistics, uh, Coyote Logistics. And I'm going to them saying, "Okay, what do you have for loads coming back? And and it's one of the best barometers, ironically, of the economy, because the rates change based on the uh, on the economic engine every week. It changes. And so it's really interesting to see. I I will see signs of a of rates dropping, and then you see it in the stock market or in the in the, uh, in the uh, American economy down, down the road. Uh-huh. Uh, so or or the opposite, you see it building up, and I and I see it first. It's, it's really a very interesting market to be in you should start buying and selling stocks, right? Well, it feels like, you know, I, I, I feel like I'm, or a hedge fund, you know, or something. Right. Uh,
0: <laughs> I'm sure that uh, somewhere there's some hedge fund or stock brokers that watch the trucking mar- market that gauge. It, it, I'd be trademark. interested
1: to find them, to, to hear about them. I, I My consulting business is ready.
0: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there's
1: another way I can scale yeah.
0: No, so this, this all sounds, sounds awesome. So it's right now, um, you, you're growing, you're trying to grow, you're trying to go from eight to 12. It sounds like this general manager, when you bring this person in is going to allow you to kind of hopefully get up to 12 faster. And yeah. You, what do you see even long-term? Is that kind of the, your, your kind of sweet spot that you kind of say, you know, I don't, I'm not looking to have 25 trucks or anything. I just, you know, this is family owned and you know, I'm just curious what, it is
1: it it, it is the sweet spot um i don't see myself getting over 20 trucks okay um just because i'm 56 now my children have zero interest in taking the business over so i'm going to be the last one to own it uh and um it's it's my passion i love it i know i'm going to work into my 70s but I hope i'm not working into my 80s so um what i think i would do is uh scale up in other ways like uh the maintenance division something to that effect uh, i've been potentially looking once the real estate boom bursts or bubble bursts. Uh, i might try to look for a building a commercial building that i could operate out of but also use it as a commercial uh leasing scenario where i could lease out space to uh, to potential um, other trucking companies or landscapers or what have
0: you. Yeah, I mean, could you see yourself even getting into the freight brokerage, Mark? Well, yeah, that that was a a something I had considered.
1: Um, I almost bought another trucking company that does have a freight brokerage division. I don't have a lot of experience in it, other than on my end. So maybe, maybe, but
0: it's not in the actual plans. Sure. Yeah. I'm just curious. You know, all these things pop up when you start thinking about you're right. Well, around it you know? in trucking. The the other thing, the the other natural
1: is usually warehousing. Yeah. Would I do some sort of warehousing? Um, and I don't care for warehousing. My brother does warehousing. God bless him. He's good at it. He can have it. Um, the, the, the other, before I would do anything else is, or not before, but one of the other considerations would be refrigerated trucking. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it, it, it's another level of complexity and risk because you can have an entire 53-foot tr- tr- trailer of strawberries go bad. Right, You're on the hook and all of a sudden your insurance will go through the roof. You have, I do only drive-in uh, non-hazmat freight, and once you get in refrigerated work, your risk goes up. Now, of course, your your revenue would go up with it, but um, so that is another possible consideration because I I have people in the industry that I know that could probably turn me on to uh, some lanes that that could be worthwhile.
0: Yeah. And I'm sure there may even be some. Uh, if you wanted to grow some trucking, trucking companies, that may want to sell, right? I would assume some smaller. Yeah, there are. Um, it's interesting. I, you know, I get on these
1: lists that will email you, you know, oh, this trucking company is for sale in New Jersey or in Florida or wherever. And it's interesting to look at it. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, right now, trucking is like in a bubble, like the real estate is. People are paying insane money to buy a trucking company. So it's not in a price range where I could afford to do that, unless it was a the right price where I could buy the company and then have that, have the profits pay for it.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: So it, it yes, that, that would be a, a possible opportunity, but without
0: my kids getting involved, I'm not sure that I would go that way. Any other? Well, you're a fifth generation. So, is there anyone else in the family that can is going to continue on? It's funny because my brother, my older
1: brother Brian, runs the uh, family trucking company that's 140 years old. Wow! They they were around before trucks. They they were horse and wagon was how my great 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 grandfather started, and his children uh, are the same. There is no um interest in trucking uh strangely enough and so it'll probably end with him unless
0: things change somehow ah, it's just sad bad. but uh it is what it is yeah <laughs> oh and then you got the automated trucking trucks coming out in the future right so there will be no drivers at, at some point but um am right. sure still a ways off you know,
1: it is. It is. But that's going to come first before electric trucks even. I mean, electric trucks are out there now, mm-hmm. but they're primarily in warm weather, um, short haul scenarios. Um, they are not set up for long haul like I do, because they there is they only run about 250 to 400 miles max okay. on a charge. Mm-hmm. And my trucks run 600 plus miles a day. So we would have to stop you know, sit and charge for eight hours or whatever, that's not gonna happen. So yeah. there would have to be a huge structure in place uh, or infrastructure in place to allow a whole set of batteries to be moved out, mm-hmm. new ones put on in a matter of 30 minutes. and you know, it'd have to be quick and then the driver could move on. So, but but the uh, automated trucks, as you talked about, that is gonna come into the long haul market soon. Uh, it, it already is, huh. uh, where because of the DOT regulations, my drivers can only drive 11 hours a day, and then by DOT law, have to shut down for 10 hours. So that truck is limited into how long it can run because of the driver. Well, add automation to it, and that goes away. The The requirements go away because the driver is not physically driving the truck. He's not, he's not um, using that that effort to do so the the requirement of 11 hours goes away and you can use that truck significantly more it's really going to help but the the electric trucks are going to take over the short haul ups type deliveries fedex that that kind of yeah It will
0: take that over yeah well enough about business let's talk about you so you're from the area or are you, you i am i i'm born and
1: raised in nashville new hampshire Southern New Hampshire, New England. Uh, We're an hour north of Boston. And uh, my family has been here since the 1700s. And in 1882, my great-great-great-grandfather started moving um, anything with his horse and wagon from the local train station here in Nashua to anywhere it needed to go. From there, they added trucks and grew from there uh, to now um they're a a 2024 truck fleet and where and have warehousing and and, and even some commercial real estate so uh certainly was in my blood i grew up in a maintenance shop i spent most of my time there i just i love being a grease monkey kind of and uh, i love trucks that's my passion is trucks i just love uh, everything about trucking um so it's I married a, a local um, woman that I have known since seventh grade, and we have two wonderful children, uh, yeah. 28 and 24, and, but neither one of them want to be in the business. My oldest son is in Costa Rica right now getting his master's degree in environmental policy, wow. and my younger son is in the real estate business, and we just opened a uh, property management company. So.
0: so you got a lot going on. You so do
1: that, it. yes i do but it's great fantastic but yeah i really is, do love it but trucking's always been my my first love so yeah i'll never get get rid of trucking it's just Did you,
0: do you have a cdl do you drive do you have a cdl license or believe it
1: or not i don't and and that's terrible i know but uh i drive the trucks uh Definitely. i'm very fortunate that i can i have a huge yard uh, where our maintenance facility is and where our parking garage is where i keep the trucks. Um, I don't have a maintenance facility, but it's my brother's maintenance facility that he does my maintenance and I rent garage space from him. And there's a huge yard in a dead end street. So every time I get a new truck I've got to get in and get give it a drive. And
0: <laughs> yeah, you gotta bless it.
1: Uh you're yeah, right. <laughs> I bless it. Yeah. I love that. That's great.
0: <laughs> in your background, I think um I wrote that you're uh, you have a management and information technology degree
1: i do believe it or not Uh, i i went to school and for business is what i thought i wanted to do and i did but i do i love business but i found that i have a real passion for computers and so uh, i ended up getting a a a a degree in computer information systems and even left trucking for about seven years maybe and uh, did it management wow yeah, so I do
0: love computers as well. Nice. Now you've got a great background in trucking, MIS. You know spreadsheets. Yes.
1: Love spreadsheets. Oh my gosh. I live with them. I I tell my children there is no problem, no life problem that cannot be solved without a spreadsheet. So that is true. Put it down on a
0: spreadsheet and work it out. Exactly. You could, you know, I have, I have clients that you know we put on QuickBooks, but Right. Up to that point, they were running their whole business on a spreadsheet. Were they really? really? Yeah. Receivables, payables, yeah. everything was on a spreadsheet.
1: It was on a spreadsheet. Yeah.
0: Now, in my computer experience, I did
1: get into databases as well. And that's actually a whole nother level that's even <laughs> even more exciting.
0: Yeah, it is. If you like the code or, or queries. and Right, exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty neat. I,
1: I enjoyed that.
0: Well, this has kind of been cool. I enjoyed our talk and I learned a lot about the industry and um, it's, it's interesting just hearing about your journey and where you want to take this and that this next step, I think with this, this general manager is really going to bring you, you know, those, those four or more trucks and right. free you. It sounds like it's going to free you from some of the working in the business. Exactly. And really kind of, um, Get me out of the day-to-day mundane work
1: that I get stuck in, and plop my head up out and go okay. Because if I don't do that, I'm never going to start a maintenance division. Uh, We're going to maybe get into um, uh, refrigerated work. So,
0: yeah, no, it's true. It's funny. I was just I'm listening to a book where there's a concept where when you um, you're when you're stressed and you're like in the you're deep into something. You, you have blinders for everything that's going around, you know, opportunities and things that are around you. You're basically close minded for that. And right. as soon as you kind of get out of that mode, you know, a la general manager running things and you kind mm-hmm. of sit back, like these, you, your mind you think differently, you're, you see the opportunities, you see things a right. different way. Um, and that's where I believe you
1: miss the opportunities of what you really want to be doing. right Because you get caught up in the oh, the, this driver had a problem, so I'm trying to help that driver. You know, I, I don't want to be an HR person. Uh, sure. That That's not my strengths. Uh, I want to be managing this business. And and if I were to die in 20 years and say, I want to be able to say, yes, I focused on the things that I was passionate about and not got stuck. Gosh, all I did was run that business for 50 years. I and mean, what a waste of time, you know? Right. So. Yeah. That, that, that's an important piece of life i think
0: yeah absolutely that's that's good to end on that so i um where can people find you i, I found you on linkedin or through some...
1: yeah i i am on linkedin um we got mcmillan right? yep scott law mm-hmm. um i we mcmillan has a website mcmillantransport.com great and mcmillan has a facebook page you can jump on facebook and type in
0: mcmillan transport and you'll find us awesome no that's, that's all i enjoyed our talk i'd love to talk to you like in a year after you know you get through your general That'd be great Jeff. see see where you're at you know do kind of like here's what we talked about a year ago what's 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 happened since i would love that yeah fun. i would too uh yeah so i i thank you just i i, I love this conversation um yeah. I, I i'm I want to thank everyone who is listening to this. If you like it, uh, please share it. I'll let other people know about it. Um, again, I want to thank you, Scott. and Thank you, uh, Jeff. I appreciate it very much. appreciate the opportunity. It's been, been fun. It has been fun. And this has been another episode of Leaders Who Scale. And that wraps up another episode. Thank you for joining. For show notes and other episodes, Visit us at leaderswhoscale.com. Leaders Who Scale is sponsored by Siegel Solutions, providing world class services and cutting edge tools that help businesses grow and succeed.